Well, hello, I'm David Washington, and we're here um, facilitating the story of um, Abby and Jason, uh, the testimony of what Jesus has done in this process. I'm here because I was asked to come here. I have a unique perspective on this, knowing Abby even before Jason knew her. And of course, being part of 1C22, knowing Jason is one of my best friends in the world, um, but my pastor, and I, of course, I respect those offices, but I've seen this from a unique perspective. And uh, it's a joy to be here to unpack this story. I'm Abby, and I'm here um, just to kind of, well, I was the one who kind of came up with the idea of hosting, doing a podcast, right? And, um, you know, I think that this is the best format to just even get going on just future podcasts, anything like that. And I think that, um, you know, our story, Jason, is like just one of the, most profound that I've heard and I might have a little bit of a bias, but I just, I think that, you know, it's really meaningful and impactful and I just really want to kind of get it out, have it be a consistent format, be meaningful and impactful and just let other people kind of hear it. So. Amen. I'm Jason Porter and I know both. I've known Dave, obviously, longer than I've known Abby. Uh, Dave did say uh, previously in a take that we've known each other for 12 years, but it's interesting that we're recording right now in the house of the individual of whom we actually first met. So just for that yeah, coming full circle, right. uh, Dom, shout out to Don. Shout out to Don Miller. Don Miller shout out. Airborne, uh, Audio. Airborne Audio represent. Um, Don and Tara. Don, Don <laughs> Good and job, Tara. guys. <laughs> and so, um, but that's when we actually met several years prior before uh, Dave uh, became one of my best friends and started mm -hmm. going to the uh, congregation. So there's a lot of trust as well as mutual uh, respect for both of us have been on a journey. So sometimes just because I'm a pastor, it's like, oh, well, Jason doesn't have challenges or problems and he's just always helping everybody else, but I've needed help too. And David Washington has been a big part of support mm -hmm. and help throughout these years. And that is why I'm able to thank God for the testimony of everyone he brings in my life. So he's brought Dave in my life and now he's brought Abby in my life. And I cannot wait to really give um, the glory that God deserves for bringing this story in a way that I would have never thought he would have done it. Because we, ha we all have our opinions of how we think yeah. God should do things. Mm -hmm. But then there's the fact of um, it's, it's, it's the reality of he does make everything beautiful in his time. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in nine days, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you're gonna make covenant. So mm -hmm. I was thinking, where do we begin? I'm thinking, I see what what covenant is that? <laughs> <laughs> the covenant of marriage. Yeah, and uh, it's a beautiful thing. We know this, but um, I was thinking, you know, where do we begin? And I'm like, we see where we're going. So let's begin at the beginning. I can give my perspective of when I met Abby. Mm. And a little bit of what happened. And I'd like to know, too, what were you thinking? Because I know, and I've shared with Jason what I was thinking. Oh, no. <laughs> but I don't know if you can. If you, yeah, if you can remember. absolutely. Yeah, at that yeah. time I was remembering this. Yeah. That would be a great perspective. So I first met Abby. I don't know if we should name the establishments or not or anything like that. But I was at the gym. 
And Abby was working at this gym that I would go to, and she mm-hmm. would kind of work behind the desk, et cetera, et cetera. And coming and going there, I had, a, <laughs> I did, it's just true, I had a unique reputation. <laughs> but uh, I get in, do my thing, and get out, you yeah. know. And so, but seeing Abby, we would, we would talk behind, you know, just chit-chat, coming and going, and I got a chance to know her. But what stood out to me most, I heard her say one time how I showed you a video because Jesus is always on my mind, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean we, you know, take our Bibles out and hit people upside the head. It's about relationship. We want to get to know people, mm. get to understand who they are. So um, during a period of time, I think that's what was happening with you. And uh, I remember one day specifically, Abby was behind the desk, and I won't say who, but I remember pulling up an actress on my phone, and I said, "Who do people tell you you look like?" <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, mm-hmm, and uh, yeah. we won't have to say who it is, but. I think this for me was the, like the genesis or the catalyst that said, okay, Jesus. And I said, I'm thinking her. And Abby said, yeah, sometimes I get that. And as I was walking out the door, I looked at Abby and I said, you know what? I'm surprised she's still alive. And Abby looked at me right in my eye and she goes, I'm surprised I'm still alive. Mm. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? I mean, I stopped, literally stopped in my tracks and came to the little side desk. I'm like, what are we talking about here? What do you mean you and she began to tell me a couple of things in sense of that she had been dealing with some other things, and that led to uh, just a uh, one of many conversations about life, about Jesus, about what's happening, what you believe, et cetera, et cetera. Do you you remember that? Yes, Dave, I remember yeah. that a lot. We talk about it often, and it's it's funny because I just remember at this gym we would um, we had a cafe juice thing going on and Dave would always like Dave would always just come and try, just try to strike up conversation with me and I would just you know I was like doing 80 billion things I was just trying to stay in my lane and my zone and you know I had a lot going on under the surface and um you know I just I, nobody knew about it really so I was very you know I and I liked it that way and um yeah, he he would always come up and be like, "Can I buy you a juice?" And I was like, "I'm good." <laughs> like, because well, I keep got... in mind there was a, there was a strategy to it too. It's not like I was just trying to go, "Yo, yo, what <laughs> up?" Now look, you know. <laughs> anyway, w- but are you comfortable with explaining? I'm not. I'm surprised I'm alive. Yeah, that's absolutely. Part of the yeah. yeah, um, you know. So I'm just at that point. You know, Dave had um, come to me a couple times, and you know. I tried to be nice to everyone. So, you know, but when Dave came to me with this actress, um, she she was going through it a lot too. So at that time and previous time. So I was, um, you know, I was like, oh gosh, you know, here we go. And I don't know what kind of came over me, but I was just, you know, he said that. And then I said, I'm surprised I'm still alive. And I was like, why did I say that? You know, and then here comes Dave, <laughs> you know, around the corner. So I just, you know, I, um, and it wasn't, it didn't feel like an ambush or anything like that. You know, I enjoyed being able to disclose my story and share a little bit about it. Um, you know, one of the first things I'll tell people when they ask about my testimony or, um, what I've been through is just, I was trafficked when I was a kid. And, um, you know, that, really kind of is my litmus test to kind of just see how people are going to react, right? If they're going to say something like dumb or ignorant or 
um, respond with compassion or whatever. And I, I don't really even know ever what I was wanting them to respond like, but it was just kind of like, well, okay. And Dave, you know, here comes Dave, you know, so it was great. Um, you know, being able to have that conversation, you know, and really kind of, um, you know, connect on that way. And, um, you know, he referred me to his pastor and, um, cause the church that he was attending had a, um, anti-sex trafficking ministry and they, um, were working on kind of getting the ball rolling on that. And, um, really what they were doing was just kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but just kind of like mentoring and just meeting people. And at that point, I think, you know, they were bringing people that were identified as victims or survivors or um, kind of both to the pastor. And yeah, it was basically what at that point we every, there's a lot of anti-sex trafficking ministry doing a lot of good things, but we were just narrowing down. What is our focus of one too many ministries? The first one is find people that have been trafficked or need help. But the second part was, then how do we reintegrate them back to societies when it comes to the actual recovery aspect? So we didn't want to be taking people who were victimized and still letting them just live out the rest of their lives as victims. So um, basically when people would find people that are trafficked, because by this time I had connections with police officers, I had connections with FBI agents. So I was just like, okay, I have the quote unquote network, so to speak speak of of if there is something that we still need to do on the legal end we got that taken care of but at the same time the heart has always been about even the ministry of the gospel is not just save them so they can go to heaven but it's the spirit of the lord is upon me is anointed to preach the gospel to the poor he sent me to heal the brokenhearted and preach deliverance to the captives so the idea of someone who's been through something that traumatic but still staying the rest of their life in that bondage because of something that someone else did was the second part of one too many ministries of really focusing on things that would bring a greater redemptive work of recovery in their lives. Yeah, it's great. And keep in mind too, there was some spillover seed when this thing is happening and I'm going to try to tie it in. What I mean by that is I've been going to 1C22 for years now and uh, we have a way. I mean, I usually tell people, hey, because I repeat this a lot. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Do you believe in what Jesus believes? And that's a very powerful thing because about what? About everything. So you have a guy going to a gym and it has its things, pools and stuff like this. But there was a process too when Abby told me that. Like, and it wasn't just, okay, go here upside the head of the Bible. Go, like she said, go ambush her. Initially, I was like, Lord, what is going on? Who is this? What is, what is happening? This is a life here. And it's, it's, it's our way. You know, um, that's what the Lord does, and at least with me at one C two too. So and I want people to know as well. So when I'm approaching Jason, it's like, hey, just saw some girl at the gym. No, it's like we know the ministry's going on, and this would happen if we didn't have one too many ministries. We have been actively involved in people's lives who have been through not similar situations before a formal ministry has started. There's been the ministry of benevolence, the ministry of I've watched um, our work and pastor in action with anyone. Mm. So um, I don't think I twisted your arm, but there was an invitation at some point. But first, I just wanted to get to know you mm. as a human being and see what, you know, listen and see what's going on. But then uh, knowing that the ministry was there, 
uh, made an appointment, and that's when the introduction happened to myself and Jason came and we met Abby and we got to get deeper into the story. And we came down, it was, was it September 22nd that we figured out that date was? Or 24th? October 24th. October 24th, got it. Okay, so um, so I uh, was in a work release program. Um, I struggled with... Um, I'm sorry, can you explain what a work release program for those who are going to So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was a kind of a other alternative to being incarcerated at that point, you know, with jail and probation and everything. I was stuck pretty hard and deep in the legal situation and system. And, um, you know, I was failing probation. You know, I was running amok at work release. I was, you know, just really um, rebelling, honestly. And, um, you know, I was really just going through it. And I, you know, I think in my head, like after, you know, the trafficking kind of what happened was is I developed a very severe eating disorder. And, um, you know, I basically just kind of got myself out of the trafficking by entering into a treatment center because I was so malnourished and underweight. And just that's how basically I've had therapists just tell me like your eating disorder saved your life. And I'm like, I don't know about that, but you know, it, you know, in a way, like I did have this extreme attachment to this disease and, um, you know, it was that, that kind of caused, I struggled a lot with bulimia, um, and anorexia and, um, you know, that was, yeah, that was a long, long walk. I, you know, I've been numerous treatment centers. I've lost count. You know, I've been therapists, dietitians, psychiatrists, medicine, you name it, you know, been there, done that. And, um, you know, I think all of this to say, you know, I, as a result of the bulimia, I found that, you know, I could not afford the food that I was using to binge and then purge. Um, you know, and I would do that for about 10 to 12 hours a day up till 3am, um, you know, every night. And, um, it was about, like $400 a day. And I, you know, I wasn't slick about it. I was not ever a good criminal by any means or anything like that. Um, but you know, I would just push carts out of stores and, um, you know, take their food and then just throw it up. And so I think that even fueled itself. Um, I've had a lot of people kind of speak about, um, you know, how like, Oh, that's like a, stealing is like a high or something like that. It was never, it was never enjoyable. I knew it was wrong. Um, you know, I would freak myself out doing it. Um, I hated it and I hated myself for doing it. And I think that guilt and shame, you know, I knew people were starving in the world. You know, I was just like, I'd be sitting there just thinking about just all the people that were hungry that night. And I'm just sitting there gorging myself on sheet cake, you know? And I'm like, what is going, why am I, you know, and I couldn't figure out how to stop and I just couldn't. And, um, it was just an addiction really bad. And it didn't matter how many treatment centers, how many therapists or counseling or anything. I was just so stuck with this extreme attachment to this disease and I would just not let it go. And, um, I think all that to say, you know, I ended up numerous times, you know, the judge was very merciful to me. Um, you know, he tried probation. He tried everything besides sticking me in and out of jail or work release or, you know, ultimately where I ended up. But I think, 
you know, that we really, you know, I, Dave came right at the right time, just how God intended it to be, you know, and, um, I think that was a really good moment for me to just see that. And I think that really ordered my steps into a way to even face what we were about to meet about. Mm-hmm. But you know what? There, there was a lot there. And uh, yeah. listen, it, it, um, as this is just about, obviously, the testimony with you and Jason, mm-hmm. it is a testimony to the faithfulness of Jesus, of Yeshua, because, listen, you know, we're all humans in this cycle as well. And Jason and I have discussed this before in terms of when we're talking about purity and life and mm-hmm. through the grace of God, there's been a, a, a time, I'm still walking through a time and some purity and it's just watching Jesus do some things, but just um, doing the right thing. We said righteousness is the right thing Mm -hmm. and doing the right thing. I mean, I thought about this and we talked about this. If, you know, it's not about me at this point, but if there could have been some slippage is what we call it in any kind of way, you're trying to talk to her some kind of way or do something in some kind of Mm -hmm. way. And and that, you know, when you see what Jesus has done now, not knowing all that, that was behind you and what could have happened. It's just the grace and, the grace and mercy of him to, you know, just to walk that way. And, but I'm curious to know as well, before you went and before we met at the roastery, mm-hmm. um, you know, can you recall, you know, obviously you were dealing with all this, this stuff, but can you recall what your expectations might have been? Because you did, you did just volunteer to come, which was cool. Yeah. And, you know, I know we were building a relationship as just cool, you know, mm-hmm. trustworthy, what have you, but then you did make the decision to come yeah (laughs) well it kind of goes back like i didn't know this at the time but it kind of i i think it's just the pursuit you know that you did and not of like any sort of in like a friendship context right of just like you legitimately cared about me it wasn't just like every other meeting or like therapy session or whatever that i would just walk out the door and they never talk to me again you know so it was you followed up and you followed through, right? And so, Dave, you would always come to me, and not always, but you would show me sometimes like these music videos with um, that Jason had done that I, you know, didn't know Jason at the time. And you'd be like, this is my pastor. And you'd be on your phone. I'd be like doing 8 billion things. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. That's a Hillsong dude. He's in LA. Like, that's not your pastor. You watch him online, whatever. Like, you know, and I didn't connect the dot that that was like your act. We were meeting with your pastor that day. And so, you know, I think we're just going to have coffee. We might, you know, really honestly looking back um, to where I was thinking and what I was thinking, you know, um, I struggling with the eating disorder for so long, being in and out of incarceration, legal system and justice system and all that, you know, um, I had so many people, so many pastors, so many church people just laying hands on me, praying for me, just doing all this stuff. And, um, you know, and every God ordered every one of those prayers to come to fruition at that but did you feel time. anesthetized at the time? Like, okay, whatever, just, you know, do yeah. it, whatever. Um, so not really. I think, you know, I was, um, like, I, remember I woke up late at the center, you know, and I didn't have time to curl or do my hair, you know, I just whatever. And um, so I just walked out. They took a 
basically you take a group bus carpool thing to get there. And then I was walking, you know, 30 minutes from the plaza to get to the gym, you know, and I was, it, it was a whole thing, you know, and, um, it was a lot. And just to even get there to the roastery was a lot. So it wasn't just this numb feeling by any means. It was just this I'm open, right? And this openness, because I think looking back, I think there was a part of me that I was not connecting to at all that, you know, genuinely, and it's always been there of like this spiritual, um, I want to say God fearing, um, but just wanting to redeem this. And it's always been there and it's always been a seed and, you know, I've, I've just never known what to do with it, you know, so I'm was always it from your home. Was it from the upbringing in the home? Like you had, you know, there was some, some roots. Um, not faith. quite. Um, you know, I was, I grew up in a house, like we went to church every Sunday. Um, but really it was, you know, pursue your own faith, right? Like you had to take the initiative and a lot of the times like there was some wounds there, right? I don't want to get too far into that, but there were. And, um, you know, that was a hard thing to navigate. And, um, but I did it, you know, I was very independent as a kid, very strong willed. And I think that's kind of like, it would dig me in very deep holes, but it also makes me who I am. Right. So I learned to really appreciate that. But, um, you know, I think, you know, I, had this part of me just always pursuing the Lord. Like when I would be, after I'd be raped and being laying on the bed, you know, after that would happen and just laying there, staring at the ceiling. Like I never, I've had people ask me like if I was mad at God, right? If I was mad at God. And I was like, no, like I never, like I didn't really understand God very well, but I knew he wanted good things for me and I knew this was not a good thing. So like, why would I blame God for something he didn't want for me? Right. And, um, so I just really just would just pray. And it was kind of like a, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret kind of prayer. kind. Of. And so it was a, um, it, was, it wasn't even a cry for help. It was just, why? what What's going on? You know, and just trying to understand. And really the thing that I made the most sense, even at 13, was this is going to be redeemed one day. This is all going to be redeemed. And I was like, okay. You know, and so like I went to college, majored in nonprofits, studied psychology, you know. And so I've always been trying to redeem it in some way, just not with God leading, right? So um, this was just another one of those pursuits of like, okay, let's let's try it, you know. And um, it really stuck. So, so Jason, when, you know, if you were to give a perspective of, because you roll how you roll, and I know this, but the people listening don't. In other words, you know, another, someone in, in the church, me, comes and says, hey, man, we have a meeting. You know the ministry. You have your heart set on what the Lord showed you for the ministry. Um, what's going on in your mind? I mean. Yeah. Well, what's going on in my mind is the the same thing that I do with you is what I do with someone else. When people call me up and they say, hey, I got this person. I think you should meet them. And I think that 
that you can help them. And I, the first question I asked, which I did with you is like, do they want to meet? Is that actually their idea? Is there agreement? Cause there's nothing that, um, I do that does not happen without agreement. So God is a, God respects people's will. So you can help, you can want to help someone, but if they don't actually want that, and then they're actually uncomfortable because they feel like there's an quote unquote ambush that was said. So my, initial interest with meeting someone that someone else is introducing me to is first and foremost, does that person really want me to be there? And does that person really want me to speak or prophesy into their life, the the word of truth? And so I don't have any type of expectation um, other than what God will tell me to say should that person open up or or actually give me the opportunity to speak or prophesy to them accordingly. So honestly, when the little bit that you did share or say, you were talking about, um, uh, I mean, you didn't tell me her whole story, but you said she was trafficked or whatever. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, there's another company or, or family that I was working with and, Honestly, that family had already kind of flaked out. So I was kind of like, which is common, right? People that have those traumatic experiences or anything like that nature. And so I'm kind of like, is this going to be someone else that quote unquote wants to, to, to kind of pretend like, oh, here's their story. And then as soon as I say, okay, this is the problem, here is the solution. And then all of a sudden, you don't hear from them anymore. So I honestly had no idea what to expect because I wait for that person to actually, you know, as you all know in the room, I don't do speculation. So I'm just like, I want confirmation. I'm going to go that person, as Jesus said, I've abundance the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever they say, I'm going to listen to them. And I honestly always set myself up to not be in the room. Like I want that person to really have a conversation with God. And I just try and get out of the way. And even at the beginning of this uh, podcast, I was like, I really enjoy the fact that I'm not saying too much. I really enjoy the fact that you guys are talking. I'm just, I just love just being there and just watching people just, I don't want to tell you who you are. I want you to show me or tell me who you are. And that's how I like to, you know, learn people. So mm-hmm. 